Welcome to Be Happy, a podcast by the Hepatitis B Foundation discussing all things related to Hepatitis B. It's your hosts, Evangeline and Bright. And today we are joined with Chris Munoz of the Yellow Warrior Society based in the Philippines for our second episode in our stigma series. In this episode, we will talk with Chris about stigma he might have experienced, what his clients might have experienced, and what the Yellow Warrior Society does in the Philippines. Stay tuned for more and enjoy your listen. Okay, so I'm Chris Munoz from the Philippines. Thank you for inviting me in this podcast, Evangeline and uh, Bright. Actually, this first time that I've guested in a podcast regarding discrimination for hepatitis B. I'm cur- currently the advisor of Yellow Wire Society Philippines. I've been the current president also for almost, I think, nine years. Um, but I'm not the Chris that instituted the Yellow Wire Society Philippines. He is now in Singapore working. So I just continue this work. Right now, pushing and hoping that we will have the local government units have its own uh, viral hepatitis program. And the second is legislators that they might hear our voice since it's been uh, 10 years already that we've been um, going to their office and collaborating with them on how to pass the bill. Actually, I've known my status since when I was younger age already. It was really nothing new to me. I didn't know that there was discrimination happening for hepatitis B because I am working on my own. I'm not really employed. Unlike other hepatitis B patients, they were employed and they knew their status when they applied for work and they got tested. So it was around that uh, 2010 that I read about the online um, e-group of Yellow Wire Society Philippines. That, that, that was the time that I found out that there were lots of young people that tested for hepatitis B. Actually, I was really not aware that companies would test for hepatitis B because during that time, it was hepatitis A that is mostly commonly talked about because of people eating street foods. Fortunately for myself, no, I wasn't able to experience that. Maybe because during that those times, um, hepatitis B wasn't talked about because I'm usually, I'm 50 years old r- right now. So 2010, during those times, usually the younger age was getting tested around 20, in the early 20s. And there when I joined the society and attended their first annual meeting, that I found out that there were really cases this younger generation got tested and got discriminated. In our generation, we weren't talking about hepatitis B on those topics. It was much more concentrated on hepatitis A when I was still in in a high school or college. There were lots of outbreaks on hepatitis A during those times. There is really no set of guidelines for a company, I mean government policy that you can only test these kinds of, you can only give these kinds of tests to a applicant. So it really depends on the employer. So usually during those times on 2010, the companies that were giving the tests were multinational companies. But I think as the years go by, because uh, we were creating awareness and everybody was talking about it. Remember that during 2010, there was no Facebook then. It was only Yahoo group. Internet was not really, you know, accessible to everyone. So as years goes by, I think, you know, the, um, these topics uh, came about and people 
we were we were giving talks, you know, and the medical society were giving talks about hepatitis B. So unfortunately, it was the other way around. Instead of companies beginning to understand why there is no need to test for hepatitis B during employment, it happened the other way around. Companies included it into the test. So even now, we were very surprised that even household helpers were given a test because international companies maybe. It's their policies outside the Philippines to have uh, people, applicants tested for hepatitis B, but big local companies, then now you see the smaller ones, mm-hmm. smaller industries testing also. So it's, it's really very unfortunate if you have, it means that most HR practitioners or most companies are already aware of hepatitis B because you see um, smaller agencies like manpower agencies, security agencies, then you go up the ladder, let's say small enterprise, medium enterprise and large scale enterprise doing the testing. Although it's not everybody's testing, but more and more companies are testing because we receive complaints about that. I think most companies are just taking or making it as a safety precaution, but they don't really understand how to prevent it or is it really transmissible in their workplace? Is it really possible? We already had one that uh, we filed in court and we won the case and he was a cook. So imagine if a cook won the case. So how much more, let's say, those just working as factory workers or office workers, the possibility of spreading Hep B on the workplace is, I think it's impossible. Mm -hmm. I mean, during those, when the case, we asked the opinions of the medical societies, even doctors abroad, Mm -hmm. uh, what do they think? Is it really possible to to transmit it and everybody said if there was a chance it would it would be a 0.00 something percentage you know and i think when you work in a workplace there are certain procedures you have to follow we're not just talking about hepatitis b we're talking about hepatitis a eb or other diseases that can be transmitted in the workplace so to focus on hepatitis b is really wrong yeah okay. if you get my point so yes. you know i think that is the sad reality that they would rather maybe hire people with a lesser problem. They, they, maybe they're thinking that in the future, it, the employee might you know, give them a problem mm-hmm. regarding health issues. Uh, with your explanation that they focus solely on hepatitis B, when they had uh, actually diseases that can easily be spread in the workplace. Normally, HR, if we're talking about HR practitioners, they're really not medically inclined. Although right now, Department of Labor has included a workplace policy on Hep B that should be institutionalized by um, these companies. All the companies must adhere to it and submit a report and make sure there is a protocol when they have an employee that has hepatitis B. But, you know, it's all, it's easily, I mean, it's only on documentation, but you really wouldn't know if it is really being followed. But uh, it's harder for employers to fire employees with hepatitis B because there is a procedure for it. Just like any other diseases, you know, you just can't fire an employee because he has a TB or he has a syphilis or he has a hepatitis B or he has a hepatitis A or any other disease. You have to go to a process and kind of process wouldn't be... It's really very hard, like to circumvent and make the employee go away or just terminate him because they would they would uh, file a case but for applicants unfortunately it is still not within the bounds 
mm-hmm. of the Department of Labor because they're saying that these are only applicants. Okay. So okay. technically, they are not yet employees. So they are not, I mean, they are not covered by the labor code. If I understand, if someone is an applicant, there is more possibility that that person can be discriminated or refuse a job offer. But once you are already working for the company, that can happen. That can happen even if you're working or or just uh, applying for work. Usually, we also had, you know, those who are employed already mm-hmm. that are reporting to us. So we just guide them. We just tell them that if you're after, let's say, six months, over six months, as an employee, you're considered as a permanent employee. Okay. So it's much harder for them to terminate you just for that cost. But when you're, let's say, because you are still a probationary employee, mm-hmm. you're within six months. You just okay. started six months. I think one of the things that they do is that they, of course, they don't tell you that, oh, I'm terminating you. Because of this. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. We, they can say, oh, uh, we're terminating your services because um, we think that you're not fit for our company or... Mm-hmm performance is not up par with our system you know so mm-hmm. they can lots of excuses just like when you're applying for work they can give you lots of excuses they you know some hr pr- practitioners are very good already they know how to make excuses <laughs> i understand i understand what you mean by that that they, they don't really tell you the real reason but underneath yeah. they know why they are doing it yeah I think it, it's it's similar to here in the States. Some people, some companies have this, do the exact same thing as well. It's supposed to be, so the rule is you can be refused a job because you have a B. But like you said, some companies, if they test you and they find out, can refuse you, but they won't tell you we are refusing you because of a B. Yeah, so, so, it, so it's the same thing. The same reason you gave that some companies can still fire people or refuse job employment. I think it's probably more in the health sector than in other private sector, other work sectors that doesn't involve uh, direct contact with other people. So, but it's 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 against the law, but still it it, it happens in certain situations. Yes, because I think maybe your law this didn't prohibit screening, so that's why we're pushing for a law that will automatically from screening. Yeah, like an HIV law mm-hmm. here in the Philippines, they cannot test you without any consent. For example, if you want to join the U.S. Mil- the military here in the states, they test you for a B. If you have a B. They can refuse your entry into the military. So that's a perfect example. Even though the law says that you can be discriminated against because you have a B, but in the military, they have exception to that where they are able to refuse or stop you from entering the service. Yes, I understand. In the Philippines, mm-hmm. yes, it also happens. I think the, the difference is the Department of Labor doesn't, it's not in control with people getting uh, or applying for work in government positions. So it's a, it's a different uh, government entity that you have to go to. Okay. And I think yes, it's very much harder to lobby for it. So we were focusing on lobbying on uh, the private sector first because they are it is a huge the labor sector than the let's say the military or the government entities but we have some let's say for sss 
social security or the department of health other uh, hosp- government hospitals they do accept but sometimes mm-hmm. let's say if you're a nurse you might be given a desk job rather than placing you on an or facility what are you seeing in, in, in the philippines when it comes to stigma oh actually now people rarely talk about their diseases i'm mentioning even if other diseases right you know be, people would rather keep it to themselves okay so that be is really not so not really being discussed and from what we have uh, read in the reports mm-hmm. you know even those people you know with hepatitis b can't even say it to their families or friends and that's very unfortunate when you have even your family to turn against you oh, wow. it's, it's really very sad i think it's because that you know they learned it in a later stage already until now stigma and discrimination is really very deep it's very hard to manage you know and say that people just be open about it it's very different unlike in people living with hiv you will see them talking in tv you know in in india right so in happy i think and even in other parts of the world i think happy communities would rather stay silent about it that's one thing i've not listen the difference is that even in other countries patients would uh, rather keep it to themselves and just go on with their lives maybe because they have other opportunities even let's say you get turned down for a com- on a company we just tell them okay you have to try to another company and sometimes they get employed so it's really different we we have big companies that do employ happy patients but you know sometimes it's some companies are just limiting the the expectation of the of a person you know let's say when you just graduated and as an engineer and you want to work for a big company and this big company turned you down because of you having hepatitis b that person became really sad mm-hmm. and you know it's very hard for them to move on the impact of them because in the philippines families always look up to their children mm-hmm. and think that when their children gets work they would be having a much more better life the children on on the other hand is always thinking about the future of their families that they would be giving you know their parents uh, have a hard time and supported them to their college they want to give back to their own families they graduated and their younger their younger brothers or sisters may not have an opportunity to study because he was uh, supported first mm, if you get my point when he graduates that's the time that the younger brother or sisters will get a will have an opportunity to study and it's the time that he can also help finance the education of those of her siblings okay so maybe that's one of the things that create most impact to our members yeah that that's unfortunate i mean it is very sad to hear that some people many people keep it to themselves and some who even talk or tell their family members can also uh, be kind of rejected or ostracized by the, their own families well one of the things is really is that they turn to us they look when they google us we're the only organization in the philippines that has established and uh, has members people living with viral hepatitis so usually they turn to us and uh, they seek support psychosocial support and guidance mm-hmm. that's where we come in right now the philippines have its own viral hepatitis program we're in 
there is a free treatment diagnostic and treatment but unfortunately it has still not expanded okay. um, since 2019 so we're really pushing it to have all the programs in uh, all local government unit because you may have uh, let's say around um, two cities and just one big province compared to the whole philippines you know so If you're mm-hmm. not living in those areas, you wouldn't get treated. Pushing for that. I think that's the most important, you know, people getting an opportunity to be treated. And the second is having a law that would stop companies from screening applicants. Those two is enough already for people living with viral hepatitis. We just want to have a work and just go on. I mean, for people in the Philippines that has hepatitis B, they can always message us in our Facebook uh, page. You know, the first time that I did counseling for a member, the longest I think it took it took me was about an hour for that person to move on. I think she has a good job already because, you know, she tried her, her best and, um, you know, not linger on it, you know. And for other people, you know, you have to find the community. Because you have to find those people who are very successful, even though they have hepatitis B. There are those who have gone abroad, you know, who have worked. It's very hard. It's a struggle. But, you know, even they say right now we have a, a former officer of Yellow Warriors who is flew to the States and, has, and is working as a nurse. It is really not impossible. It's really very challenging and a hard thing to do. But uh, you have to find ways. Our society will be trying its best to push the legislation. I'm, all, I'm always telling this to those legislators that it's okay that, let's say, people can find work abroad because that's the policy of other countries. We can't do anything about it, right? But for a person not being able to work in their own country, I think that is very wrong. So they have to really hear our voice. And I hope, you know, they will do something about it. It wouldn't spend money, you know. It's, you don't have to spend money to, to pass that. It's only a time and effort to pass that bill. When I started in 2010, I, um, you know, there was really no... Social media press is really not that huge. So it's what's more on communication. So we meet, we meet in person. So you have to get that person to trust you to meet you to meet up with you and you know talk to to him or her personally so right now we can talk in the on the phone on the phone and uh, you know just focus on what to do next whether uh, on two things one is for the for what he will do um on on the medical side and the second is uh, on on his uh, employment side because you know When people get tested and denied, nobody explained to them what, it, what hepatitis B is all about and uh, what they should do. People right now just look for the internet because they aren't aware also on who to look for. I mean, if they go to hospital, they don't know whether to look for, um, is there a doctor that really manages hepatitis B? They don't know that. So we had to guide them that you have to go to a gastroenterologist or hepatologist. Or if you have those general physicians in your area, because there, in some areas in the Philippines, there are no or limited hepatologists or gastroenterologists. Even in practice, in other provinces, we see that some practitioners are really not that aware on what to do. 
because um, right now there are protocol. The protocols are improving because way way back in 2010, the medicine that was being taken was an injectable. It was a peg interferon, and the side effects is not that good. So right now we have a treatment uh, for that. You know, to maintain the a low viral load count, everybody has to be updated. And uh, one more thing is that not everybody who has um, hepatitis B needs to be treated. They only have to be managed. So we we explain it to them because some sometimes even when people go to doctors, they are always asking us. I went to a doctor. I went. I did some lab tests. I am positive, but I wasn't given any medicine. They just told me that. Oh, I, I'm good. It just come back to me after six months or a year. They didn't understand that not everybody has to be treated or given a medicine. To those who are still struggling on their condition, it is best to, of course, seek the advice of a doctor, but also find your community where you're in and uh, engage in them. You will get some, you know, uh, ideas on uh, what to do and how to manage and of course it will uplift you you know because if you can't really disclose your condition to your families it is best to ask them on how they told their families or friends maybe one time you will have the courage to open up thank you so very much thank you for listening to this episode stay tuned and subscribe for future episodes about hepatitis b if you have any questions, please direct them to info at hepb.org. You can support our programs at the Hepatitis B Foundation by going to www.hepb.org donate or click on the link in this page. We greatly appreciate all your support and thank you so much for listening. We'll see you in the next episode.